Hello, this is Eric Boyce, CEO and Chief Investment Officer for Boyce & Associates Wealth Consulting, and welcome to Market Minutes for August 7th of 2023. Welcome, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, and uh, let's get caught up on uh, things going on in the market here, as well as our economy. If we look back over the last week, uh, the investment markets uh, witnessed a little bit of churn. We'll talk about the reasons why. Uh, obviously, we had a debt downgrade, debt rating downgrade on the part of Fitch, which is a rating agency on U.S. sovereign debt. So that caused some turbulence in the markets, uh, in the equity markets. The Dow was down about 1%. Uh, S&P was down not quite 2.5%. NASDAQ was down almost 3 And so what we found in the equity markets, that was the first down week for the S&P 500 in four weeks. So S&P has been very, very strong. And even with uh, earnings uh, that were fairly strong, uh, we had some performance, uh, some positive performance by likes of Amazon uh, that uh, also had a good report. Uh, the NASDAQ, which is more heavily uh, weighted uh, in tech stocks, was down about 3%, as I said. And uh, that comes off of July in which the S&P 500 uh, recorded uh, its fifth consecutive month of gains. Uh, and, uh, and, and the gain for the month of July was up uh, about 3%, and NASDAQ was up about 4 and the Dow Jones was up about 3.3%. Uh, but like I said, you know, markets were down under the, uh, basically under the burden of higher interest rates that we saw in the wake of the debt downgrade. We'll talk about that. Uh, I'd say, you know, also from an earnings season standpoint, the guidance that we got was pretty meh, pretty lackluster. And uh, so uh, we also had, again, as I mentioned, 10-year uh, yields. We'll talk about the bond market in a second. Those were up. Uh, and, uh, you know, even, you know, along with some outperformance by some companies in their earnings, we also saw some disappointments as well. And we also heard from companies saying that they expect things to slow down a little bit in the second half. And I think that kind of cast a bit of a pall on things. And so um, we did get a jobs report on Friday. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, it kind of reinforced uh, a bit of a soft landing thesis that uh, is out there now. Uh, in fact, we have two investment research houses that uh, essentially took their inflation, or excuse me, their recession uh, prediction off the table. Uh, but in any case, the S&P closed below uh, 4,500 uh, there. So on the uh, uh, the fixed income side, 10-year Treasury uh, hit an eight-month high last week. It uh, punched over 4%. Uh, and uh, we did move uh, that uh, back down a little bit on Friday with the jobs report, but it was still above 4%. So we saw a pretty big sell-off in Treasuries uh, in the wake of the uh, uh, downgrade by Fitch of U.S. debt and uh we also uh, noted that, that uh, obviously, since we've got the debt ceiling issue resolved, at least for the time being, that the Treasury is issuing a lot of, uh, of, of bonds. Uh, the issuance uh, calendar is very, very rich right now. Uh, and uh, so, uh, and, and we could see that continue for several months. Uh, we did see high yield kind of yeah, sell off a little bit, but uh, still holding in there. Credit spreads are really, really tight right now. Uh, I notice on uh, a couple other things, you know, just uh, before I leave the equity and the fixed income worlds here, uh, noticeably uh, VIX, which is a measure of equity volatility, uh, uh, spiked up 
last week from about 12.7 to over 17. So we did see an increase in volatility. You know, as, as we kind of like wade through the, the current uh, earnings season, I guess there there's some puts and takes that were summarized great by Sandy Leeds in his latest uh, commentary. And I absolutely agree with all this. So you think about, you know, the things that give you some cause for concern. Obviously, the downgrade of U.S. debt, we're going to talk about that, uh, which resulted in, obviously, higher yields and lower stock prices. Uh, and, you know, and it drove yields down to, uh, or I should say, up to their highest level since last November. And uh, so we've got the downgrade of U.S. debt. We've got the fear of higher rates, you know, that we may have for longer. And, uh, the fear of extreme optimism, you know, kind of like that irrational exuberance that we heard from, uh, you know, F uh, our Fed chairman uh, Greenspan in the late 1990s. Uh, and then, uh, and, and also there's a, another issue out there, what happens to earnings in a disinflationary environment? You know, meaning that if we don't have necessarily, you know, outright deflation, but disinflationary, uh, then that certainly would you know, have a bearing on earnings and not necessarily a good one. And then uh, also last week, which we haven't talked about yet uh, in the data is the uh, rising oil prices and crude prices uh, extended their rally last week and they were up about another 3% to end the week at about $82 and 82 cents a barrel. And uh, we had uh, we had a big inventory drawdown uh, for the last week of July. We also have Saudi Arabia kind of going on, going rogue here on OPEC plus and extending their voluntary cut into September. Uh, and there's also improved demand sentiment amidst the positive economic data. And so that's what's holding crude prices up a, a little bit higher. But uh, so anyway, those are some bearish thoughts. Now, you know, what, you know, some thoughts on the bullish side is that, you know, the jobs report uh, which we'll talk about briefly, is pretty consistent with a soft landing. And like I said, you had Bank of America and J.P. Morgan now coming out and saying that they don't see a recession at all. Uh, and also this notion that the Fed might be close to or at a peak uh, in, in its interest rate uh, cycle, meaning that interest rates are not apt to be moved higher at the short end of the curve. Uh, and uh, that we also have a, a yield curve that is finally beginning to, uh, you know, show some some new life in it. Uh, certainly is steepening to some degree. Uh, and you know, the decline in earnings is something else. And again, it's you know we're we're still in the in the waning stages of the second quarter earnings re uh, reporting season. And you know, coming into it, we thought earnings uh, were going to decline about 7%. So far, that decline is only about 5.2%. So not as bad as we thought. So those are maybe some positive things to reflect upon. Um, and, uh, you know, so we've had the S&P that's written, that, that, that has gone up considerably this year, while earnings are down, uh, you know, in mid-single digits. So, you know, we've got the valuation issue that's pushing uh, pushing valuations higher. Although honestly, in when you take an equal weight or basically average all the companies in the S&P 500, even look at mid and small caps, they're actually trading below their long-term averages. It's just these, these high-flying tech stocks that are tied to this 
artificial intelligence team that are trading at such exorbitant uh, values that it's skewing the whole market. Uh, you know, but one thing that I think we want to pay attention to coming out of earnings season is the fact that margins uh, for the quarter, operating margins, profit margins, are down uh, from the second quarter, uh, moving not, you know, tremendously, but like going from 12.2% to 11.4%, you know, which if it's setting a trend, then that's something that obviously we want to be aware of. And that, that could have a there's certainly uh, ramifications on, on earnings. But, um, you know, what's really interesting in this year is that uh, strategists have actually done a pretty good job of predicting earnings so far. You know, again, they missed a little bit in the quarter. They're a little bit less than people thought. That's not atypical. But, you know, strategists have done a pretty decent job of predicting earnings. Uh, but what they haven't figured out is what, how to, you know, what, what valuation the market needs to have. And so that's, you know, that's the problem here. Uh, you know, what, what is the multiple that we should be applying to earnings, considering that for much of the year we had very narrow uh, leadership in the market. Now it seems to be broadening out so much, uh, a little bit more, but, you know, people are still struggling with, you know, what kind of price to earnings uh, multiple to put on that right now. And I think that's a problem that is going to persist because we have high interest rates, uh, and we still have inflation that's above the Fed target, and I think there is a small, you know, a chance that it still lingers out there that we might have further rate increases. Um, so I did talk about the, uh, the Treasury market and the fact that 10-year yields were over 4%, uh, and, you know, when I kind of look at it, and Sandy mentions this too, you know, if you have a stronger economy, with an inflation level that's well above the 2% Fed target, you know, that could keep your Fed funds rate higher for longer, which is one of those things that I think we need to be, the sentiment that we need to be paying attention to. But that could eventually kind of cause long-term rates to come closer to short-term rates and have that yield curve kind of flatten out, if you, uh, if you will. And if that happened, that certainly wouldn't be a good thing for stocks. And I absolutely agree uh, with that. Uh, but uh, you know, looking at the uh, the Fitch downgrade, you know that was obviously a, the biggest and, and most unanticipated news item that we got last week. Now they said in their uh, in their release that they uh, you know really cited the growing debt burden in this country as well as a political dysfunction uh, in uh, in the Beltway in D.C. And I absolutely agree with that. Although I think the biggest problem right now is probably that political dysfunction side because there does not seem to be any, um, you know, anybody able to drive consensus right now. And, and it's, you know, a, a battle of wits and egos uh, to some degree. And, you know, the debt burden is certainly a, an issue. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, relatively decent economic uh, data that's out there. Uh, we've talked about that in our charts of the week. But uh, Fitch also said the repeated debt limit uh, political standoffs uh, have eroded confidence in fiscal management. You know, I think that's a fair statement. Uh, and uh, they expect the government deficit to rise to 6.3% of GDP uh, this year from 3.7% last year. Uh, and, and that is clearly something that is not sustainable. Uh, and uh, what they're looking at in their analysis is weaker federal revenues. Uh, new spending initiatives that we've committed ourselves to, uh, a la CHIPS Act, 
uh, Inflation Reduction Act, so on and so forth. And then we also have an increasing interest rate burden. As interest rates are moving higher, that's obviously impacting what the uh, what the federal government is having to pay on its obligations. So another thing that they talk about is a federal deficit uh, was up uh, to about $1.4 trillion for the first nine months of the year, which is up 170% year over year. And uh, they talk about Social Security, uh, health care, and military spending, which is about 70% of uh, the discretionary uh, spending amount. Uh, and so, you know, it, this is not anticipated. You know, there's, there's thoughts and emotions on both sides of the ledger when it comes to that. Uh, but uh, clearly, uh, that is uh, uh, something that I think the, our elected officials are going to have to wrestle with. Uh, and, and, and it's not a it, it, those aren't issues that I think are going away uh, anytime soon. And uh, so just leave it at that. Uh, we did have a jobs report uh, last week. We added 187,000 jobs. Uh, we expected about 200,000, so that was a little bit light. Um, unemployment rate dropped uh, from 3.6 to 3.5, which is still near, you know, multi, multi, multi-decade low. Uh, labor participation rate, which we talked about in our charts of the week a little bit, uh, was uh, pretty static at about 62.6. Uh, it's been static for about five, six months now. Uh, we saw wages that grew about 4.5% year over year. You know, we had a little bit of a downtick in weekly hours worked, and we also had uh, a downtick in temporary help, which is a sign that the labor market is beginning to show some cracks, which is what the Fed wants. Um, job openings were also down uh, in a separate report, uh, the JOLTS report, uh, they were at the lowest level since April of 2021. Uh, we also had hiring that was off. Uh, you know, we did have some decline in layoffs. Uh, but, uh, and interestingly enough, we've talked about the quits rate too. That was 2.4%. That's the lowest that we've seen in almost two and a half years. Uh, really interesting there. So uh, we got a cooling job market, but it's still probably too tight for the Fed's liking, uh, and it, it, it may actually reduce the pressure on the Fed to raise rates at their next meeting, which there really isn't that much consensus on right now. The probability of a rate hike uh, in the September meeting is not that significant right now, uh, but, uh, but there are certainly some voting members that are out there trying to talk up uh, the, the need to continue to raise rates a few more times, so we'll just have to watch that. But um, you know, but all in all, jobs report wasn't bad. It's kind of consistent with you know a softening market. That's you know the labor market's been been extraordinarily strong, and frankly, been one of the reasons why we've had this long delay in this eventual uh, economic slowdown that we've honestly been been anticipating for the better part of the last uh, you know six to eight months now. So, um, but you know we'll uh, clearly get some more economic data. Uh, you know, we, we're going to be really keen to see what the inflation reports uh, look like, both at the consumer level and the producer level, uh, to see if they continue their, their downward path. And hopefully we don't have any negative surprises there. Uh, market is not going to like that. Uh, but so far, you know, I wouldn't say it's quite the Goldilocks scenario that, uh, that people are kind of referring to now, but it's clearly a better uh, circumstance than we would have guessed six to eight months ago. And the real question is, 
with the consensus that seems to be out there regarding a slowdown, maybe not a recession, but uh, there is consensus regarding a slowdown, you know, uh, uh, just when that begins to manifest itself and for how long it may persist. And right now the conventional wisdom is that that is going to be perhaps the beginning of next year. Uh, but, you know, we're going to learn a lot about the economy uh, and about the health of corporate America, you know, over the coming months. And, and um, uh, certainly as we head into fourth, excuse me, third quarter uh, earnings reporting season, uh, when we get to mid-October, we're going to learn a lot then. But for now, we'll kind of leave it there and uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, this summary and hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye.